0: Hi, this is Marv Levy, and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on Friendly Confines.
1: Rhino, thank goodness this is a 162 game season because this team, oh, what a rough start.
2: Yeah, luckily, Chad, it's not a 60 game stretch, but oof,
1: it has uh, not looked pretty so far in the first couple of weeks of the season. We're going to talk about the disappointments. We're going to talk about where is this offense that is supposed to be shining. We're going to talk about some of the bright spots. There are some. Um, and then we're also going to bring it home with part two. of What a great interview we have this week. We absolutely
2: do. We have part two of our interview with Cubs play-by-play announcer from the Marquee Sports Network, Boog Shambi. You don't want to miss that and that great conversation that we have with him. So stick around because the Friendly Confine starts right now. Hi, everybody. He's Chad Gordon. I'm Ryan Lieber. And, Chad, let's start, as we always do, in the first inning. And the Cubs, well, let's just say they have gotten off to a rocky start in this 2021 season. How concerned are you right now, just early on into the season, with this baseball team?
1: I mean, right, you know you know me. I'm the optimist. I'm always you know, glass half full. The, the Cubs are on the way if they just have a couple balls bounce the right way. I, I can't say I'm down on this team like it's, it's, it's dire. We're just a couple weeks in. But what I'll share with you is the Pirates aren't a very good team, and the Pirates have three wins. All of those wins are against the Cubs. Uh, Bleacher Nation, I believe, uh, put a, a, a poll up in like 10,000 people, and it basically said, would you, if you could get a heck of a haul of prospects, would you get rid of Kimbrell and Chris Bryant right now for a huge haul? And like 75% of the respondents said, it's time to punt. I'm not there yet, but I'll share with you is this is, I mean, it's so perplexing to me, feast or famine. And that's what we've seen for this year so far. It's, it's as if the team just cannot string anything together. And then the team plays all these other teams that, that don't seem to struggle in the same way. And, and the Cubs, I think are just so, focused on the long ball they're not focused on generating anything this offense looks broken and it's looked broken for a long time and I got to tell you if this holds true this is going to have a lot of questions to answer for
2: you know I mean I think you've nailed it on every front and yes you are a glass half full kind of guy but I'll be honest with you Chad I said this team was going to finish in fourth place And right now, I still believe they're going to finish in fourth place. It is not a good sign when you lose two of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are a triple A team, Chad. Like, this is a team in the Chicago Cubs who we look at in a lineup and think this team is so explosive. But yet, as you mentioned, they're relying on the long ball way too much. That's the only way they're generating runs. Um, The rotation is still not you know, come to form in the way that I had expected it to starting the year. And I'm a little concerned right now. I got to be honest, like this is not what I envisioned to start the year, especially with what is pretty much a very easy schedule these first several weeks of the season. And right now um, I'm a little worried. I I have to be honest with you going there.
1: Well, let's move on to the second inning and let's do a little bit more of a deep dive. And, just coming off the Pirates series, the second Pirates series, um, I believe the Cubs finished this second series one for twenty-three with runners in scoring position. That that isn't going to cut it, Rhonda. What is up with this offense? It, it you know you got all these guys on contract years. Is it just a slow start? Is it just a little chill in the air and that's affecting things? Will they heat up, or is this offense um, going to struggle like this throughout? listen we have heard this story
2: Chad for the last several years as you said we have a team that you look at players like Javi Baez Chris Bryant Anthony Rizzo Wilson Contreras and yet we are not seeing guys who are notable all-star players you know play in the way in which we are expecting them to now Rizzo, I'm going to give a pass to because he's known for kind of getting off the slow starts and then eventually heating up. But I mean, as we said before, they are relying way too much on the long ball. Um, this team getting outscored in the Pittsburgh series, 17 to seven, and and the hits. Some nights, you know, they're they're hitting the ball well, and then other nights the bats go silent. When your highest hitter right now is hitting 242. And you have multiple players in your starting lineup hitting under 200. Chad, that's concerning. And that is really upsetting to see. And I can understand why Cub fans are a little, little nervous right now when it comes to this offense because you thought, okay, the 60-game season was a little bit of, you know, just it, – it, it was an aberration. We, we figure it'll work things out this year. Right now – You would think this team would come out hungrier, but we're not seeing that right now. So I wish I had a better answer for you, Chad, but it is mind-boggling to me to see how bad this team is playing. What about you? Yeah,
1: I mean, you, you talked about it being an easy schedule, and, I, and I'll give you that if only because you've seen the Pirates a couple times now, but it's not going to be really easy this month. I mean, it's it's facing the Brewers three times. The Brewers just manhandled the Cardinals. Um, the Braves, who got off to a slower start, but they're no joke. And then you've got uh, you know the Mets, who, who knows what the Mets are going to be, but they obviously spent a lot of money to be better than they were. I'm disappointed in what I'm seeing in terms of pitch selection. I see, like, there's a lot of players that are really selling out um, for the long ball. Um, we're going to get into a deeper dive on kind of the disappointing players we've seen, but um, the consistency is not there. What I'll share with you, and this is a really quick inning for me, just to say this, who's the one guy so far, you know, we're nine games as we record this on Sunday. We've got a week ahead of some uh, of games against the Brewers and the, and the Braves before our next recording, but who's the guy in the Cubs lineup that when he steps into the box that you're like, watch this, like I'm going to stop. her. There is not anybody in the order. And you've just got to wonder, is this a slow start situation? Keep in mind, in 2016, the Cubs started on the road. They started on the West Coast. They didn't have to worry about the cold weather. You know, maybe this team is just not built for the cold weather and they better warm back up. Um, otherwise they're going to get into a bit of a hole and you've got some really eager teams. You know, the Reds are sneaky good. Milwaukee wants to shock the world and with a healthy uh, Christian Yelich, they definitely could and the Cardinals are always going to be there. So yeah, your prediction of fourth in the in the division is looking good right now because that's where they are. But if I don't see any of these players, any of these superstars on contract year, step it up, uh, it's warning flags all around and this is going to be a long season. All right, so let us move on now to the third
2: inning, Chad, and we alluded to him earlier in the podcast as basically the lone bright spot, if you will, maybe one or two other bright spots, but basically the main one is Craig Kimbrell, a guy who basically was just, I mean, left for dead as far as his career was concerned, and Cub fans wanted nothing to do with him. Now all of a sudden it seems like the Craig Kimbrell that the Cubs signed two seasons ago is looking like the guy who we had hoped for um he has been lights out he has been unbelievable recorded his second save over the weekend his 350th career save um chad uh as you said Kimbrel has looked solid uh, what have you seen from craig Kimbrel, and what is all of a sudden switched in his pitching staff are is game to make him be the guy that we've all wanted him to be this whole time.
1: There, there's an ease to his approach. Um, he his velocity is 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 very um, good in 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 regards to where it was. I mean, we have got to give him a little bit of a pass coming in midway through the year. That's impossibly hard to do by so many people. And then 20 was such a weird year, and he had his struggles here and there. But 19 was you know a foundation of of of, of rough. You know, it it was not the way he wanted to start a season. He has had the ability for the first time since he put on a Cubs uniform to actually start his approach in the offseason, in the winter, do what he normally does, go into spring training, and come in the the way he wants to. So I I kind of give him a bit of a pass because it was such a a unique situation in 19 midway through the year and then COVID last year. But the approach that I've seen is confidence, is dominance. It's a guy that's not afraid to go with all of his pitches, I mean, he's, he's as a, as a closer, um, only limited roles. He's almost, he's, he has nine strikeouts and I think the team lead is 10, but he looks great. It's, it's, uh, we're probably going to have a situation here and there where he's not going to, you know, uh, shine, but he has looked nothing but solid. And he's the one lone bright spot that I can point to other than some starting pitchers as well. But what about you?
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, thankfully, this is the one area that I I had concerns about going into the year and yet this has been the strength of this team when they're in situations where they need their bullpen. As you mentioned, nine strikeouts. I mean, the guy's only pitched a little over four innings. And, and he has been absolutely amazing. Now, I'm hoping that he gets more opportunities. But, yeah, uh, you know, when you look at this team and you sit here and you try to find positives, he's at the top of the list. So it is great to see. I hope it continues. It's a long time coming, um, especially with everything he has been through. I just hope that, uh, you know, we are able to get him back on track for the long haul. And then you sit there and you wonder, like you kind of said earlier, depending on where the Cubs are, do you unload him? Do you, you know, hopefully we won't be in that spot, but, you know, he has certainly uh, been tremendous so
1: far uh, through the first few games of this season. All right, let's move on to the fourth inning and Jake Arietta. I mentioned this in the first episode we did because I was at opening day. No one Got a bigger ovation. No one, not a player on the field, got a bigger ovation than Jake when they announced him. What even starting because Kyle got the nod, but Jake has backed it up. He has been exactly what he needed to be in his first two starts. He's got a couple wins. He's second in strikeouts. Um, you know, along with Kimbrel trailing Hendricks, um, he's got great velocity. He's hitting his spots. He has seen a resurgence in the Cubby Pinstripes. What are you seeing about uh, about Jake? He's really showing his stuff.
2: I have seen a guy who has a chip on his shoulder, Chad, a guy who wants to make sure people remember how great of a pitcher he was when he pitched for the Chicago team, a guy who wants to show people that it was an aberration for his time in Philadelphia, that that wasn't the Jake Arrieta that we've come to know. Um, You know, he has been absolutely tremendous in his two starts, both against the pirates. Uh, You know, he is, as you said, hit his spots he's gotten out of jams he has done everything that is needed to do to put the cubs in a position to win and i said from the get-go as you did too if we were able to see between you know 12 to 15 wins from jake arietta i mean that would be amazing and and listen maybe we'll get more who knows but he's off to a great start i hope he continues to stay healthy but this is a guy who we know is in amazing physical shape. And I have absolutely no doubt he, all he wants to do is prove to the doubters that he is far from washed up and that he is still a big-time pitcher.
1: And right now, he's, he's been showing it in his two starts so far. Yeah, I, I love what I'm seeing from Jake. Uh, he he, he had, looks like, as you said, just a resurgence. This is a guy who, no matter what happened prior to the Cubs, no what ha- happened in between time without the Cubs, This guy is going to go down as a Cubs legend, you know, two World Series wins, um, you know, that magical period from from uh, um, the summer to the spring between just a couple of starts with two no hitters. I mean, he's got this legacy that he absolutely owns. Um, and what he's been able to do and what I'm excited about, you you've talked about the struggles of the pitching and yes, Davies definitely didn't look good. Williams didn't look good in his next second time around, even though he looked lights out in his first and Adbert, you know, who knows what we're going to get with Adbert. Um, but, but Hendricks and Arietta, I like those as a one, two punch. They've shown off their stuff. Although Hendricks struggled in the opener. I think that was a cold weather grip situation more than anything, but Jake, absolutely looks great up there. He just looks right in a Cubs uniform. And again, I think you're going to see a guy that will probably go off into the sunset when that time comes um, because Jake uh, and Cubs history are forever intertwined.
2: All right. So let us move on now to the fifth inning, Chad. And uh, simple question, maybe not a simple answer, but who has been so far the biggest disappointment on this team as you have watched the
1: first Games you time. put this on the agenda and we didn't pre- we didn't prep on this. We may have the same guy we may be completely different. You said it may not be a simple answer for me it was an obvious answer and for me, it's hobby bias. Here's the guy that what has happened to his approach at the plate he he's swinging from his shoes and yes, we love it. he's the only guy when they come up to plate up to the plate up to the bat that that, that the fans at Wrigley Field chant his name. He's the only guy that gets that treatment only one. And I think he is trying to show off to the crowd, um, which has worked for him in the past. But we are a ways away from that near MVP season he had where he felt uh, kind of faltered down the stretch where he looked more dialed in and he had more plate discipline. What I'm seeing from Hobby is a guy, you know, he was the lone source of offense Sunday against the Padres or the, by the pirates rather. Um, and in the others when he looked foolish on three strikes or uh, three strikeouts. And so um, it's a guy that's it's it, he, he epitomizes feast or famine and his approach is not what I think you want. And the problem is he's so strong defensively, he's going to get paid and it is his contract year. Um, you know, but what a, what a, a tremendous threat he could be if he could put it all together like he did for that one glorious season. Yeah,
2: you know, there's a lot of people to choose from. I mean, pick your pick your poison is basically with this answer. And and Javi's not a wrong answer. He's definitely not. But um, Javi's also the only one, in my opinion, that I think has been providing any sort of inkling of offense. Uh, you know, he's got three home runs. He's got six RBIs. He has been striking out a lot. But... <laughs> Sadly, he's got the highest average on the team right now, 242. So for me, I'm going to go Anthony Rizzo. Um, You know, look, I understand that Riz usually takes some time to heat up, but my goodness, like if there's ever a time that he is needed more than ever, especially after he turned down that five-year $70 million contract, which, you know, most Cub fans thought was insulting that the Cubs even offered that little to him. And then he's, you know, at the moment, of this recording hits a buck 33 with a home run and two RBIs. I mean, that's just, he's your, he's your leader. He's the guy who, you know, got to rely on to like, you know, get the offense moving and he's just not hitting at all right now. It's, it's just a mess for him. So I got to go with Rizzo Uh, again. I, I'm going to, but I'm going to say this with, you know, the caveat of, I feel like he is going to turn it around and he is going to get straight eventually when it comes to his hitting. But, man, it, it, he it is just so disappointing to see him at the plate right now. He, he is absolutely scuffling. Well, place. let's move
1: on to the sixth inning. And, and you know, the Cubs were so lucky last year. One of the few teams that I have one single issue with COVID this year. They've got their positive test. And it is their first base coach, Craig Driver, um, tested positive they did contact tracing to deemed that it wasn't necessary to pull anybody else off the field which typically has happened in the past with other teams and then here's another thing so that's one negative thing the other one is uh, the you know the cardinals are at 85% minimum of of vaccinated players um i got my second shot my second pfizer yesterday i was happy to do it proud to do it want to be a part of the solution so the cubs are not there and we've heard from some high profile players that you know what? I can understand if you don't want to do it. That was kind of the, the the summary of those players. So what do you think about the positive test? What do you think about the fact that, that they're not embracing the vaccines?
2: It's disappointing. Obviously, you want to
1: make sure that, you know, people do not
2: get COVID, uh, especially people who are older. Um, and somebody in Craig Driver who, you know, I, I don't know exactly how old he is, but, you know, he's, he's certainly in his 50s or 60s. And so I, I would like to think that, you know, someone of his age would go out and, and get the vaccine um, so he can protect himself. And as you said, you know, the fact that we don't even have 85 percent, you want to get 100 percent. But the fact that the Cubs don't even have 85 percent and that there are players that are opposed to getting the vaccine for whatever reason it's disappointing um as as you said you've gotten both shots of the vaccine i've gotten both shots of the vaccine uh we're both alive and well to tell about it now um you know to see what this virus has done to so many people and for people to still unfortunately not feel as if it is important to get it um it's 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 disappointing and When you have a baseball team, especially when not – and we've talked about this before, that so many other people that work in baseball rely on the product on the field and they're not doing anything and everything that they can to make sure that other people are going to have their jobs the next day is disappointing. And we've talked about the ticket vendors and, you know, the people that serve the food and the people that work around the ballpark and everything all encompasses if these players get vaccinated because at the end of the day, they're the product that people are watching. So, you know, it it's it's unfortunate. It makes me upset. But, you know, again, everybody has their own right to do what they feel is best for them. But there is no reason Why? If you have access to the vaccine,
1: you should get it a hundred percent. My favorite part of your answer, and and I'm going to respond to the answer, or the question rather, is uh, you just guessed on his age. I was wondering, did you look at a photo of this guy? This guy looks very young, and so you threw out like forty years old. He's thirty two years old, so let's not age Mr. Driver. Yeah, thirty two looks good. He's in pretty good shape, so he looks like he could strap it on and and get out on the field. So, um, you'll correct me as as you do whenever you want. I'm okay with that, but. Ronaldo, bueno, you know, and our listeners may or may not know, but I was away from the show for a few weeks, and that is because my family was hit very directly, very, very um, intently um, by COVID, and and so I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I see the responsibility of what we need to do to protect those that, that, that uh, may not be able to protect themselves because they're they're older, they have different immune systems, uh, like my mother. That's um, very, uh, very fouled immune system. And, and she succumbed and, and struggled and, and is still recovering. Um, and it's 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 unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's our reality. Um, we don't know of any stories around recklessness um, by driver. We don't know that. Um, we just know what happened. I found it interesting. Jason Hayward, um, you know, most high, one of the most high-profile players, I think. You know, in terms of outspoken and kind of the de facto leader of the team. When you think about like who welcomes players to the team when they come on board, Jason's kind of taken that 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 mantle on. He basically said, "I'm okay if people don't take the vaccine," and 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 he didn't elaborate more on that about why he would do that or if he was going to do it or not do it. But he said he wasn't jumping at 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 the at taking it. And so I wonder how much more. Um, how much that's had an effect on it. But yeah, the Cardinals got into 85% territory right away. um, And, and the fact that it is available to them and they can get vaccinated so they can go out and play. And then the livelihoods of everybody else at a full Wrigley field, um, what that gives people and what gives the community and what gives people's, you know, again, their livelihood is so important. And so my hope is, um, no one's health is succumbed by this in long term. Um, and the Cubs can and can get through the rest of the season with only this being their scare, and we can get more and more beyond that twenty-five percent capacity at Wrigley Field.
2: And now part two of the boys interview with Boog Shambi. I remember when we did our episode of the podcast talking about Len leaving. And then, of course, we asked the question, who would you want? But I think a lot of people, maybe even including yourself, thought it's a pipe dream to get Boog. There's no chance that they'd be able to get Boog. And and so did you even think for a moment when this all first started, you were like, oh, wow, like, yeah, this this actually could work initially
0: because you maybe didn't think about it as it being a podcast. Yeah, it's weird. I, I just didn't. I guess I just got into a place where I'd sort of framed myself as a national guy. And I didn't, um, I just hadn't really, I didn't think about it until I did. And then when I thought about it and really thought of all the things that, you know, that go with it, um, it really started to excite me. So it was neat how it, it kind of played out. It just, it, it was, the, the process was pretty, was pretty cool.
2: Boog, is there? You talked about obviously doing the national games, doing ESPN. And correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're still going to be doing some stuff for ESPN throughout the season, if, if yeah. So I'll do that.
0: probably you know a, a good chunk of the Sundays on the radio, and then I mean I still think there's an outside chance of expanded playoffs. It's pretty amazing to say that, but you know we're a little more than a week away from the start of the season. I'm. I, I'm not saying I'd put it above 50%, but I think it's a possibility. If that happens, they'll likely be on ESPN. If that happens, um, I'll probably call some playoffs on TV and then playoffs on the radio. And, you know, ultimately, I really still would like to call um, the World Series. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a big, um, that's a big part of it.
2: We're talking with Boog Shambi, of course, the new TV voice of the Chicago Cubs, taking some time to chat with us here on the seventh inning stretch. Boog, I'm curious if, if there is at all any sort of like tweaks you need to make going from being a national guy to a local guy. Is there anything that you have tr- needed to, to do to kind of feel more comfortable in that role? Or, or is it you're going to be the same guy that we're used to seeing in, in the ESPN broadcast?
0: I think you're, you're going to be it's going to be pretty similar. I think the only thing, I think the only thing that I've got to kind of monitor is my, um, look, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I, my, I feel like my judgment for what's interesting is, is one of my, you know, kind of guiding principles that said, you've got to find that sort of line in terms of, um, I can't do two innings on how Dallas Keuchel approaches his, you know, pitching on a Cubs broadcast because (laughs) they'll lose their mind. You know what I'm saying? Whereas um, on a national broadcast, you can – I mean, that's one of those where on a national broadcast, you know, they get cranky and say you're biased. But it's just – it's simply following what's interesting. But it's still got to be, you know, more towards – Cub stuff. So, I mean, we could talk about the guys on the other side, but, like, the way my mind works is that when a, I'm broadcasting a game, I'm going towards, yeah, the most interesting pieces on the field. And um I just – I got to just recognize that you can't overdo it on the other team.
2: Of course, of course. Now,
0: let's talk about the team
2: as we enter – the 2021 season, I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are when you have so far seen this team in spring training entering the new year. Um, obviously, there were a lot of changes, and there's a lot of fans that are, are maybe not excited about going into the year. But you feel like this is going to be a competitive ball club. What, what have you seen so far from this team that gives you maybe an inkling to say this team could be better than, than what some people suggest?
0: um you know look spring training is is hard i would i I would caution this that last year the dodgers are the champs and they had a great team but if you're really trying to figure stuff out and based you know on last year it's not really a season like chris bryant i know this is hard but yeah chris bryant didn't have a bad season he played 34 games i mean during a during a Any other year, like, you can easily survive a bad 34-game stretch because you're probably going to have a really good 34-game stretch going the other way. So I think it was weird how they didn't score. I think they should score more this year. Last year, they were 10th in the league in runs per game. I would say they should be in the top six in runs per game. That would be my guess with this lineup. I think they'll catch it really well. I think the question just becomes – What level is their pitching? How good can it be when we know it's going to be a little more contact-oriented than strikeout-oriented? So, look, you know, Kyle Hendricks isn't a strikeout guy per se, but he's elite. Zach Davies isn't a strikeout guy, but he's quite good. Um, I think that on the high end, this is a team that could compete for the division because I don't think – I think the central – of the three divisions is, is the worst of the three divisions. And I think that the Cubs will have a chance to, to win the central. I think on the high end, I, I think that, you know, this is a team that could be, you know, pretty good. I think that, you know, even if it's not great, I, you know, the, the Cubs being bad, I don't think that's it here. Yeah, no, I, I tend
2: to agree with you on that. I may be, um, a lone wolf on this spook, but I thought, and I've said this on the podcast, that I think this pitching rotation, at least the starting staff, one through five, is better than it was last year. Am I crazy for saying that? Or or is there some validity to that at all? Um, It's okay I, if I'm nuts. It's okay no, if you it's tell not me I'm not.
0: Nu- I mean, it just sort of depends <laughs> on how you define it. I mean, like, again, you're talking about you know, 12 Darvish starts balancing out other stuff, do I think that they're going to get, there's a chance to to have you know, individual quality performances? Yeah, probably. Will that play itself out to you know, a, a lower a lower team ERA? I'm not sure about that. I'm not, I'm, so, I, I, and I'm not being kind here, but if I were to I mean if again you're however you want to do it like you Darvish is part of it so I think that they will put up a number um equivalent or better to last year if they put up a number equivalent or better to last year they'll win the division
2: We're finishing up here with Boob Shambi and John I'll I'll finish with this um, uh, so much has changed when it comes to the way we are broadcasting games today and people are not in the booth a hundred percent of the time. I'm curious what that will look like this year. I, I, obviously the home games will be there. Have you been told what the road games will look like yet and how that will be, uh, manifesting throughout the season?
0: No, not yet. And I don't, I'm not really sure to be honest with you. Um, I don't know, um, how it'll play out my guess is that we will travel at some juncture I mean my guess as well is that the players will end up being vaccinated at some point pretty soon um uh you know I'm hoping to get my shot first shot um in the next couple days so that's I I I couldn't say I think there are going to be big changes but I I think at least for the Cubs I think I know that marquee sports and the Cubs are interested in us traveling and trying to put on the best product as you know, that they possibly can. I think for the future of the industry, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see um, how it plays out. But if I were to guess, I think we'll be traveling for road games before the all-star break.
2: And once again, our thanks to Boog Shambi who joined us. You can find Boog on Twitter at Boog Shambi. It was so great to talk to him and, uh, Get his insights on the season, and uh obviously we spoke to Boog right before the season started. Yeah, but yeah. it was nice of him to take some time to chat with us, and uh we of
1: course wish him the best as he is such a great lines. guy. It's, such yeah, a great guy. Great. It's so cool when we get a hold of these guys, and they're like absolutely when and where. I mean, it just shows how much. And man, I was so ticked. I was in the hospital with my mom, and I and we couldn't get me on the recording. But you did such a great job with the Rhino. So great Thank job you, pulling him. Can't wait for the next uh, the next interviews we have kind of lined up.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, with that, make sure you can find Boog at Boog Shami on Twitter. You can find me and Chad on Twitter as well. I am at Ryan D. Lieber. Chad is at the Chad Gordon. Plus our Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook page. Make sure you're part of the conversation. Join and be a part of it. We always love to hear from you
1: and Rhino we're bonafide. We we're going to have a huge launch, but life got in the way a little bit, but we're up. We have the website. Go to theconfines.com That's theconfines.com. That's your spot to where you can see the latest blog posts. You can see all the different podcasts that go up there. Um, And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, at the very bottom, you can sign up for the newsletter. All that does, and you can choose if you want frequency every time there's a post or if you want a weekly frequency or even monthly, it'll let you know when new content drops. We're going to do a lot more there. We're going to do some contests, but make sure you go today, right now. Go to theconfines.com, scroll to the very bottom, and sign up for our newsletter
2: awesome stuff all right so let us move on now to the eighth inning chad and you want to talk about a fun story uh andrew chafin who uh of course is uh known to cub fans as uh this guy who has this rod beck like mustache um he's certainly a fan favorite and he is uh somebody that you know isn't afraid to put it out there he's on twitter and if 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 his if his Twitter handle Chad gives you any sort of idea of what kind of guy he is, it's at Big Country Seventeen Thirty Nine. I just love that Twitter handle. Yes. So to give you the setup of the story, Chafin sent out a tweet over the weekend asking Cubs fans if anyone uh, would be able to get him a beater to drive around the city. <laughs> in. He said his his truck is too big to get around the city in, so he wants to pay. for just any car. And the best part is, is he's willing to toss in free Cubs tickets uh, to anyone that can get him a great deal on the car. So you can imagine Chad, uh, all the people that responded to this and wanted to help him out or, you know, see if they could hook him up so they could get tickets. Um, You know, the world we live in, am I right? How cool is it that when players can connect with fans on social media, to try and get a car out of this. Um, what do you think about the way that Andrew Chafin is getting a car? I think I'm more actually shocked by the fact that he only will pay $2,000 for the car. I, I mean, listen, he's making Major League Baseball money. He thought he could go out and maybe get like a nicer car or something like that. I don't know. I was a little surprised. What about you?
1: I love it. I love everything about this story. You missed out one key part. He goes, it has to be a manual. So not only is he on a $2,000 budget, he wants to have a stick shift around the city, which is hilarious because there are stretches of the city you do not want to be shifting up and down and and having all that fun. But I love this story. He's my new favorite uh, Cubs player, his strut his physique, <laughs> his, his facial hair. I mean, he just, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. He should either be doing 80s porn with Ron Jeremy or he should be doing, you know, like a 70, he like should be an extra, like a thug on, on a Smokey and the Bandit movie in the 70s. Like, it's just perfect. He's central casting. He's the Cubs we didn't know. He's the Cubs player, pitcher, uh, reliever that we didn't know we needed. And I think we deserve. I love the interaction with the fans. I love that he's out there uh, commenting um, back and forth. And uh, and it just it's a fun way, and and Twitter can be so so great when it's light. You know, if you look at Albert Alzelay, oh my gosh, that guy every day posts i've got to get him on the show and I, I know somebody that lives in his building we got to get him on the show i know we got to go through the cubs but every time every day on twitter he posts something inspirational he just tells people hey keep your head up you know this is going to be a good day you know and Chafin is like hey what are you guys what are you knuckleheads doing my truck's way too big i got this like probably probably like a super duty <laughs> you can't even turn around you know turn from lincoln on to clark Um and and he's asking for like you know like a Hyundai you know a two thousand dollar Hyundai I love it I love the interaction he was getting into the comments and 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 saying yes or no to what people are offering up it was awesome I love reading the thread I'm gonna go back into this after this interview what yeah no
2: it it was pretty cool um everybody was pretty excited about it so apparently one guy responded to him and said he had a 1999 blue Jeep and Chafin responded with DM me the details so. I don't know if that turned out to be the car and uh, we don't have an update on that, but uh, I would love to know at some point, you know, if this does work out, if Twitter was ultimately the way that he was able to find himself some wheels um, for $2,000. I just think that's so great. So yeah, listen, this guy, he seems like a lot of fun. He seems like the type of guy we'd love to have on our podcast um and i'm really now kind of interested to see if you know this is you know something that turns out to be uh, a success for him um yeah i mean one guy asked if he wanted a 2006 mini cooper and andrew shaven was all in on it but you know he's really responsive with the fans i'm kind of going through all the tweets right now and it's just cool to see um listen people love When players interact with them and when you got a guy like Chafin, who seems like a really awesome guy, uh, it just makes it that much more fun.
1: I just checked the major league minimum salary rose seven thousand dollars to five hundred and seventy (laughs) thousand dollars and five hundred dollars. So he's going to pull in. Minimum, I don't know this guy. I could have looked it up on being lazy, but if he's making the minimum, <laughs> he's making a half million dollars and he doesn't want to spend more than yeah. two grand. That's
2: what I bought that. a room. I, I love bought it. a Hyundai Sonata or something like that.
1: I don't I know. Don't, don't, my first car was like $3,400 and it was a piece of crack, crap, uh, Pontiac Sunbird that was a manual with a crappy paint job. I don't know how you get a car that's reliable for two grand, but I love, I love the idea of him driving a blue Jeep around where like, you know, he probably just takes the the drain pans out. If it rains, it rains and he just drives it back and forth. This is a great story. We got to, we need
0: updates on this and we will, we'll bring it to the as well. Let's
1: move on. Yeah. Let's move on to the uh, ninth inning. I love this story, Ryan. I love this story, Ryan. You know what? The federal landmark, which we're seeing that, that, that term thrown around a lot on, on Twitter, you know, Wrigley Field is the federal landmark. It's a place of immense history, you know, 107 years of history. And it is so many players have called that stadium home and to be immortalized in that stadium. Only a few really, truly there's flags up on the flagpoles for the, you know, the Hall of Famers with retired numbers. There's, there's names and nicknames and numbers ringing the stadium, but there are just a few stadiums, uh, uh. uh, uh statues rather that ring the stadium and one more is going to be added and i couldn't be more excited fergie jenkins one of the most dominant pitchers of his time um uh, a tremendous hall of hall of fame player um with with quite a backstory um domination his stats just don't make sense because it was a different era but tremendous domination he is going to have a, a statue he said he was so proud that people would say, meet me at the Fergie statue. Rana, what do you think about this tremendous honor for Mr. You
2: know, it's nice to see that the Cubs are doing their due diligence when it comes to honoring the greats um, that have, you know, done so many wonderful things um, over the course of the franchise's, you know, uh, years uh, in the making. And I think there's other players that, you know, certainly you can think of that they could make, um, statues for as well. But Fergie obviously, uh, represented a generation. Um, you know, you can make the case for a generation of fans that the 1969 team, which Fergie was a prominent team member of is maybe the most popular team of all time in Cubs history. Um, even though they never made the playoffs, obviously, you know, had the famous collapse. So, you know, look, he's, he's arguably the greatest Cubs pitcher of all time um he's a hall of famer he's he's a tremendous ambassador for this team and he will join ernie banks and harry Carey now having their statue um i and and billy williams excuse me and ron santo i should say um i i would like to also put on there that i feel like somebody like ryan sandberg uh should be next when it comes to Having a statue for them, in my opinion, I think he's like the next guy that makes the most sense of having his own. Statue. I don't know how many statues the Cubs are looking to make, but Sandberg to me would be the next obvious choice of somebody who deserves a statue
1: um, when it comes to uh, to getting that opportunity. What about you? Yeah, I mean that that's a no-brainer, but I think I think statues statues aren't a young man's game and 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 Rhino isn't necessarily a young man anymore, but I think it's something you do kind of in the in the in the silver years of someone's life. You know, you don't do it so close and and he hasn't played and he hasn't strapped on the uniform in a really long time, but yeah, I think there will definitely be a time when Sandberg um, is is honored outside. I, th- I think, you know, with him leaving to manage elsewhere, I think him coming back into the fold, I think there's this period where it's, it's, it's going to happen. Here's what I'll say about Fergie. Um, and, you know, I always tick people off when I say this. He should be the only number 31 retired. That should be it. Greg Maddox is a Hall of Famer for the Atlanta Braves. His best years, his most dominant years, his career, his impact on the game was with the Braves. And so to see jenkins and 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 maddox both of the 31 i i I hate i just think that you should have made a choice but maddox had such a uh you know such a a a huge impact um for when he you know when he did play here early on um and then he came back and and kind of finished things out um jenkins for me is 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 the true number 31 because he, he really um had his domination had his incredible stats mainly for the chicago cubs and i'm very proud um to know that that he's going to be added to um the the kind of the the legends uh that are that are uh, immortalized with statues as you mentioned all of them um and i can't wait to to say that to a buddy hey let's yeah bring Fergie we- and uh, and we'll know where yeah, that no, means. you're
2: you're 100 percent right on about that i would just add and we can save this for another episode i suppose but i would just add that i think um with all the statues and the cubs doing such a great job of honoring their greats, that they just need to come to a, a head already with sammy Sosa because to not have him honored amongst the great cubs of all time
1: uh it who's gonna blink first right it truly is who's gonna blink first and right now sammy still his ego and and his 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 super super you know he's like superman in his mind and i think he has to show contrition and he has to come to the rickets Um, In a way, he hasn't come because the Ricketts, I think, are waiting for him to show a little bit of humbleness. But I agree. Sammy Sosa, to me, is my lifetime is the most important, um, you know, one of the most important players for a long period. He was amazing. I agree. with you.
2: All right. So with all that, that is going to wrap things up on this edition of the friendly confines for Chad. I am Ryan. And once again, our thanks to Boog Shambi. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one.
1: Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed. The first time you walk into Wrigley.